This is the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Blanc, episode 154. Let's do this. You're listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast, where we'll talk about all aspects of buying apartment buildings with a special focus on raising money from others. And now, your host, Michael Blanc. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm really excited to have Annie Dickerson on the show today. And you may not know Annie, though you might, but uh, gosh, about a little bit over a year ago, she was a working mom and now she's full-time apartment investor mom. And it's great because these are the most downloaded shows of all time is when someone actually quits their job. And that's really what my mission is, is to help people become financially free with real estate. It all starts with that first deal. And there's a variety of ways of doing it. So some people are become the syndicator. Some people actually are the deal finder and become a partner in a deal. And there's even the, the chief underwriter, people who are Excel guys or gals, and they become a GP in a partnership as well. So we see a lot of these joint ventures happening. And uh, Annie shares with us her journey from a job she didn't really like as much to basically burning the boats, going full time, struggling a little bit and finding her path and then gravitating towards being a capital raiser. And that's what she does. And she's done a dozen deals like that. She's super, super successful in raising money. And one of the reasons she's super successful is she produces a lot of high quality free content for her passive investors and educates them, engages them. So she talks all about how to do that on this show. Right before we get into the show here, I just want to highlight real quick, we have our next live event, Dealmaker Live, July 25 to 27 in Dallas. So make sure you check it out. It's the michaelblank.com forward slash event. Right now, tickets are an early bird pricing. So you got to make sure you get them right now because they're going up uh, you know, above $1,000 if you wait till the last second to buy them. So it's going to be a sold out event. The biggest we've ever done. We already have a variety of names that you may recognize, sign up and confirm the speed speakers and panelists. It's going to be a who's who of the multifamily investing industry. So it's definitely got to be a place that you want to be at. And you can bring your family because it's at the Hilton Anatole in Dallas and they have like an adjoining water park. It's really, really cool. So hopefully you can join us. Go to the michaelblanc.com forward slash event and uh, join us at Dealmaker Live at July 25, 27. All right. Without further ado, let's get into the interview here with Annie Dickerson. Here we go. Annie, welcome to the show today. Hey, Michael, I am so excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you here because what I really love about the show is that you have quit your job about a year ago. Mm -hmm. And so obviously we want to delve into that because a lot of other people want to quit their job and you had a, a, you know, a certain path that may be different than others that are falling. So we want to kind of get into that. But I, I just want to ask you right now, it's kind of a, I, I described the, the transition from what you were doing before to being a full-time investor. I mean, how was that for you? Was it uncomfortable? Was it pretty easy for you? Kind of describe what that was like. The one word that comes to mind is terrifying. It was terrifying. I still have, I just pulled this out from the, the other day. This is, um, it's, you probably can't see it, but it's entitled quitting my job. Mm. And this was a chart that I drew up for myself back when I was working full time and I was miserable. And I really, I was doing all this real estate stuff on the side and I thought, could I quit my job? But you know, I don't, I don't have a full time real estate thing yet. And so I drew up this chart and it's got three columns, dangers, opportunities, and strengths. And I really just wanted to get it all out because I had it in my mind, all these fears and all this stuff. And I just wanted to write it down in paper and just getting it all out. You know, the fear of not making money, right? Just writing that out, it made it seem like, oh, 
you know, that it's just a few little words. And, you know, what, so what if I can't make any money at it? I can always go back and get another job. And so I remember when I made this chart, it terrified me at first. But when I finished making this and I looked at all that I had written down, I was just, tears were streaming down my face because I knew I had to quit my job that I knew that there was no other solution, that I was really holding myself back by staying in my job and not taking this leap forward to becoming an entrepreneur. How did you overcome that terrifying thing? I mean, was it the act of writing it down or what, what in your mind when you say, look, I know you said you got it, you got to do, but what made you finally do it? Yeah, it was, you know, I think part of it was writing it down and really just getting, organizing all my thoughts and really seeing what my fears were, and then really doing the hard work of facing those fears and thinking about, okay, so what if this fear did come true? Then what? What would happen? What would be my plan B if that did happen? Okay, so I've got a plan B for that one. Okay, what about this other fear? Now, what would happen if that one came true? And so I went through one by one all of the dangers, the, the things in the danger column, and I said, okay, so what if? What if all of these things happened? What could I do then? And worst case scenario, I said, you know, I, I live in the San Francisco Bay Area and I was working in tech, and I said, hey, Worst case scenario, I give this a year, and if it doesn't work out, I can always go back and get another job. But this opportunity will not present itself again. Now, so much for the burning of the boats. What do you think of that yeah. strategy? <laughs> That's what I did. That's what I did. I burned all my boats. You know, I mean, I knew in the back of my mind that I could get a job again if I wanted to, but I knew that that was going to be a small possibility because I was so excited about entrepreneurship and exploring what that was all about. And so I did. I severed ties. I didn't do this halfway. I said, you know, if I'm going to give this a real shot, I am going to quit my job and do this full time. And so that's what I did. Even before I had really syndicated a deal of my own and, you know, I just went full in. So how is your life? Uh, what happened since then? What's your, how is your life different? Yeah. So now my life is completely different. Um, as an employee, you know, I worked, I think I had like nine different jobs in 10 years. I just couldn't get comfortable in any one place. You know, I would start a job and be all excited, but then I would, you know, buck up against processes and systems. And I think ultimately I just wasn't cut out to be an employee. And so now as an entrepreneur, instead of that, if terrifying defined that initial transition, now the word that defines my life is freedom. You know, I have freedom in everything that I do. And so now we've, my business partner and I have created a company called Good Egg Investments. And we partner with other people to do deals. And our focus is on raising the capital and in educating our investors. So that's the two sides of our business, raising capital and creating content to educate passive investors. And so now my days look completely different. 
I get to wake up every day and add value for our investors. I get to, I was just telling you before we started recording, you know, I created a song about what it means to be an accredited investor. I played it and recorded it on my ukulele and that's just completely wacko. You know, it's just totally a nerdy thing to do, but it's me. And that's at the end of the day, that is how my life has changed is before as an employee, I was working on somebody else's vision, somebody else's dream. I had to memorize, you know, what the vision and the mission of the company was. But now as an entrepreneur doing my own thing, I get to decide. And each day I get to wake up and I get to push my mission forward. So that is the huge game changer. It's not that you're not working anymore, right? There's just, there's just a little bit of misconception that, oh, right. I'm, I, my goal is retirement. How boring yeah. is that? Yeah. Like, who wants to sit on the beat? Now, it might last for two or three months and then you get bored. I've done that. And you're like, your mind starts to slowing down. Like, this sucks. I, I'm, I'm out of retirement. So it's not that you stop working, but it's like you said, you start working on your own terms. Right, exactly. And I, I'm working harder now than perhaps I ever have, but it doesn't feel like work. And that's the difference is, you know, the time just goes by. I don't even notice it anymore because I love what I'm doing. Now, everybody's transitioned from employee to uh, entrepreneur is a little bit different. It sounds to me, and I'm going to ask you about it, it sounds like me like you hadn't, hadn't done any deals yet. Uh, you decided mm -hmm. that you were going to quit so you can focus on doing deals. Now, talk yeah. about a kind of uh, what allowed you to do that and what kind of gave you the confidence or maybe what was your plan? So, so I'm, mm -hmm. I haven't done a deal yet because some people yeah. have. Some people have mm -hmm. done one, two, three deals. They have some cash flow coming in. And maybe talk about that and what gave you the confidence that within a you know X months or a period the time, you could actually have that income coming in. Yeah. So, you know, prior to quitting my job, I had been investing in real estate for about 10 years through house hacking and through rentals. So I sort of, I felt like I could kind of run a syndication on my own. I was like, I've done this. Surely, you know, I've done like a fourplex and an eightplex. Surely I could do a 40 unit, right? It's not that different. And of course, I went through your program and it was fantastic. And I learned so much more than I ever could have imagined. And I think that coupled with almost having a deal under contract, those two things, your course and that potential deal gave me the confidence to make that leap. And it turns out that deal, it fell through, but it didn't really matter anymore because I had already made the leap. And once you do that, some funny things happen. You know, I started to think of myself as an entrepreneur and then I started to network more with people in the community and got a chance to partner up on their deals. So instead of me focusing on running my own deal, suddenly I was shifting my focus and I realized that the part of it that I loved the most was actually raising capital. And so I never would have figured that out had I focused solely on doing my own deal and just, you know, with the blinders on just doing my own deal. But by opening myself up to those opportunities, I think I was able to move a lot more quickly. 
Yeah, exactly. So, so typically we, we, we end up, uh, we go through a, a course or program and our goal is, oh, I want to be the syndicator. And then we discover that we don't actually love the entire process. <laughs> we only love part of it. And, and, and there's some very interesting joint ventures that are happening. And, and you're one of those examples. We're going to talk about that. But we have people joint venturing where one guy or gal is the uh, relationship person and the other person is the detail-oriented Excel guru, right? That, they mm-hmm. love the hack in Excel. They love going through diligence and they're, they, they, they'll go on page 13 and they'll find something in the fine print mm-hmm. you know and you know for you or for me i'd be like oh I gla- yep. gla- i'm gla- glazing over but if you don't do that it's a problem right because mm-hmm. as a syndicator you need both and then you discover that hey i really enjoy the money raising part i actually enjoy mm-hmm. the writing part i actually enjoy the content education part mm-hmm. talk about your realization and what you did about it once you realize it Yeah. It was a shock to me, actually, when I realized I liked raising money because what happened was after I quit my job, I was pursuing this deal of my own. And I met someone who had a deal on the table and they said, hey, do you want to, you know, partner up and maybe help us raise some money for our deal? And I said, heck no, I'm not going to raise money for your deal. Raising money is the worst part of the whole thing. That's the hardest part. And they said, you know, yeah, well, maybe it is, but, you know, give it a try. You never know. You might like it. And so that's what I did. I said, okay, fine. You got me. I'll raise a little bit of money for your deal. But you know what? I'm saving my good investors for my own deal. Thank you very much. And so that's what I did. I tried it out and I said, okay, I'm going to try to raise just a small amount, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars for your deal. And what happened was in that process, because I wasn't there yet with my own deal, but I was able to get into that process of raising money with this other deal. And so I realized right away that I just love talking to people about what these deals are all about. And in hindsight, it makes perfect sense because I've been involved in the world of education for about 10 years. I started out as an elementary school teacher, and then I went into game design to create educational games, and then I went into instructional design, creating corporate training. And so here I was, and I was getting to educate people about what passive investing was all about and what real estate syndications were and how this whole thing worked. And I absolutely fell in love with that. And through that process, you mentioned, you know, you don't, most people don't love every part of the process. And that is what allowed me to see that. I never would have realized or let myself realize because I was just pushing through. I was going through your course. I was learning the underwriting. I was networking with the brokers. I was following all the steps. And I was like, I could do this. I can, I got the mindset thing going, right? I'm like, I can do this. I can do every step of it. But when I really started to do the capital raising, I realized, you know what? I'm not really that good at all those other things, but I'm really good at this capital raising piece. And if I can focus solely on this, I can build a business out of this. Yeah, exactly right. And and since then, we you know we we picked up on that. And you weren't the only one that uh, gravitate towards the money raising side. So now we make it a thing. It's like literally a strategy now. Mm-hmm. Hey, you can be a syndicator if you want, but you know what? You can also be a deal finder, or mm-hmm. you can be a, a capital raiser. And and they're all fine. And what's happening is everyone's kind of joint venturing with each other. 
right? Affordable yeah. rent. And it's fabulous because it serves the same purpose. Everybody gets uh, GP equity in a deal. Everybody gets cash flow. Everybody builds long-term wealth. And everybody gets to do what they want to do. And this is why I love this so much. So you're in the game. You're doing what you love to do. Meanwhile, someone else who is a detail-oriented Excel underwriter who you know loves that. He loves the numbers. And they get to now partner. And we see these, these joint ventures happening all around. It's just it's just really cool. Now you partnered with someone as well. Uh, why did you partner with someone? How did you guys? When? Why did you partner? Yeah. So you know, when I started out as an entrepreneur, I I looked around and I said, you know, all these people are sort of partnered up. It's so cool. But I'm never going to find a partner. I'm really particular, and it's just going to be like a needle in a haystack. To how? Where the heck am I going to find a partner who's going to want to do the same thing and who's complementary to my skill sets and you know, lo and behold, it happened, you know, so Julie and I met at a conference, a real estate investing conference. And we're both working moms. And at the time, I had just quit my job. And she really wanted to quit her job. So we started talking about that, and how we were both passionate about raising capital and specifically helping other working moms to learn about passive income and real estate investing. And so we started talking about all that, but we didn't talk about a partnership at that point. She was doing her own thing. I was starting my own thing. So we left it there. And then we met at another conference. And then we said, okay, well, you know, let's maybe set aside some time. Let's grab some coffee sometime. And we actually live sort of close to each other. And so we said, let's, let's just grab some coffee and just have a working session. So that's what we did. And at this point, it had been a couple months. And I had been blogging every day because I just wanted to get that content out there. And I remember this conversation so clearly. I said to her, I love the blogging part. It is so fun for me. I could write and I could do videos all day long. But you know, if I had to choose one thing to take off my calendar, it would be those phone calls and those in-person meetings with investors. And she said, what? I love that part. She said, I sit in front of my blank screen knowing that I need to write a blog post and I can't do it. And we were just laughing about this. And then we had a moment where we looked at each other and we're like, huh, so you like that and I like this. And we both want to help other working moms. Could we? Maybe we could partner up. And so that was really the beginning of that conversation. And most people don't know that creating partnership is a lot of work. It's not just about that conversation. And it's not like in school when you work with somebody in a group and you say, hey, you want to be my partner for the science project? And then you just do it, right? For a an entrepreneurial venture like this, there's a lot involved. You got to really figure out how the other person works, how they think, because this is going to be a long-term thing. And then you got to work out the legal side of things, the finance side of things. And so it was another couple of months that we were really getting to know each other on a deeper level, really exploring if this partnership thing would work. And meanwhile, we were also raising for deals in the background. So we were keeping our separate businesses going, but also exploring this partnership. You glossed over a little minor detail there, which maybe some people missed, but you said that you were really focused on putting out blog posts every single week. Now, why would you be focused on that? Why is that even important? 
Yeah. So, you know, I knew early on, you know, I put up a website. That was one of the first things I did. But I knew that to educate people, I had to take what was inside my head and I had to get it out. And I could do that through videos. I could do that through blog posts. I could do that through podcasts. And one of the ways that I naturally gravitated toward was through the blog posts. And so I just started writing. You know, early on, I knew that nobody was reading. I knew that nobody was going to find my site and nobody even knew where it was. And nobody was going to find me. Nobody was going to read it. And so that took all the pressure off. And so I just started writing. I had spent months and months, you know, on Bigger Pockets, listening to all of your podcasts, listening to a ton of other podcasts, taking your course. And, you know, so I had all this stuff swimming around in my head. And I just wanted to get it out in a way that was true to who I am and also reached out to my target audience. And so I knew that it was the beginning of building a platform, just like you've built a platform. And in order to build that trust with your potential investors, you're going to have to show that you know what you're doing. And so the blog was one way that I was starting to do that. Yeah. And how has that uh, kind of accelerated your, your business? And what would have happened had you not done that if you just focused on, oh, you just hadn't done it and you're just talking to people and you're, you're networking, which is, which is great. Uh, you've gone another level beyond that, but how has that accelerated your, your progress? Yeah. So, you know, every time we talk with a new investor, they ask the same questions. <laughs> They, really they always ask, you know, what are the projected returns? How long is my money going to be in there? How do I know that this thing is legit? And so they ask the same questions over and over. And if we hadn't created any content, we had no blogs, no videos, nothing, we would have to have that same conversation hundreds of times <laughs> over and over and over. So that's a big piece of why we create the content that we do is that you know, people these days, they love doing that research on their own. They love to dig. And so what those blog posts allow them to do is go in and learn for themselves before they ever reach out to us. Often, they're already well-educated. They've read, we've got, I think, 60, over 60 blog posts up now and several videos, and we have an online course. And so we've slowly been building all these resources so that it takes the pressure off of us to have to start from scratch with every investor and that they can really take the responsibility and also feel independent in learning all this on their own. Yeah, that's awesome. So what's, uh, what's next for you guys? Well, we've got a few things on the docket. And so we recently released our online course. It's called Passive Real Estate Investor Academy. And so that was really, it was something that we set out to do in our very first conversation, Julie and I, we talked about creating a course for passive investors. And so we've launched that course and we're going to be continuing to grow and improve that course over the coming months. And we are also going to be writing a book just like that book you've got behind you. <laughs> no, but ours will be geared towards passive investors. 
And also we're now, so our business model sort of went, we started out with building our investor base through raising money for other people's deals. And what that has done is it's allowed our investors to tie us with really good deals. So now they think of Good Egg Investments and they think, they're the people with the really good deals and they can get me access to good returns and reliable deals and great markets and great sponsors. And so that's what they've associated us with. And now that we've built up that trust and built up our investor base, now we can um, move on to doing our own deals. So that's also something that we're looking to do in the near future. Is that going to be a new partner for you guys? Or are you, are you, gonna, is, you, you or Julie going to do that? We are going to take that on on our own. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice, right? Because you can. That is yes. fabulous. Right, right. That's just any other parting guidance to the budding capital raiser or syndicator? Yeah, if I had if I had it all to start over, there's one thing that I would do differently from the very beginning, and that is I would get crystal clear on my target audience. You know, I've talked now about you know we both wanted to help working moms, and you know at the time we talked about it, but it wasn't really crystal clear for us when we put up our website. Julie and I talked about, oh, we want to include everyone. We don't want to exclude anyone. Let's include the dads. Let's include the tech people. Let's include everyone. Make sure that our content speaks to everyone. And as I'm sure you know, what that does is then the content speaks to no one. And so it's taken us a while. And now we've created our investor avatar. So we actually created this fictional person. Her name is Jen. She's in her late 30s. She's got three kids. She works at Google. Her husband works at Facebook. And, you know, we've created this whole fictional life around this person. We know what she eats. She's got yoga pants in the closet that she doesn't ever get to go out to her yoga classes to wear. You know, she's got all these aspirations. And so how how can we then take all of our content and then gear it toward that person? So once we started doing that, it really attracted more people to our platform because they felt like we were speaking to them. There weren't people that felt excluded. In fact, it was quite the opposite. People felt more drawn to us because our message was unique. And so that's one bit of parting advice that I would have is if you were starting out and you were designing your logo and putting up your website and starting out your blog, make sure that you know exactly who you're targeting so that it's very clear and you're attracting the right people. Yeah, because you could be targeting doctors or attorneys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's very clever of you of you guys is to to target, you know, the work the working mom. It's it's one of those things where it's all the riches are in the in the niches as That's they as right. they say, right? So you d- right. identify a niche and then dominate that niche. And if you do, you can expand beyond that. So you guys have done a really nice job on identifying that and your website and your content really speaks to that. It's mm-hmm. uh it's very well done. So if you guys have a chance to check out uh, Good Egg Investments, you guys are doing a great job with, with content. Speaking of which, how can people connect with you? Yeah. So the best way is to go to our website, goodegginvestments.com. And if you want to talk more about syndication, about how to talk to passive investors, any of that, you can reach me anytime at annie at goodegginvestments.com. 
Awesome. Any, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about living intentionally and, and how do we engage our investors? Well, thank you so much. Of course. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. I still remember the early days of listening to your podcast and aspiring to be like the people on your podcast. And here I am, I'm living, breathing are. proof that everything that you have, all of your content and your program works. And I am so grateful to you. Oh my goodness. What a fabulous interview that was with Annie Dickerson, who within you know a year, year and a half, went from a full-time working mom to a full-time apartment investor doing what she loves doing. And I don't know if you caught it, but it's a kind of a recurring theme through the podcast. Last week, we talked to Paul Nagaoka, who talked about living life intentionally. And he quit doing one thing, traveled the world, spent two and a half years in Asia, became an, a celebrity and a model and, a, and an actor. And same thing here. Again, if you notice that Annie's talking a lot about living intentionally, really paying attention to what you like to do and what you what you love to do and what you maybe don't love to do. She knew she didn't love her job, got into the syndication, went through a program, uh, which by the way, is a fabulous program program and really got her started with that. And then she said, look, I'm not the syndicator type, but really I'm a relationship person and I love raising money. And more specifically than that, I like producing the content. So through the process of educating yourself, and even if you're a capital raiser, you have to know the ins and outs of multifamily investing, which is great, which is why our program is perfect for, for anyone, uh, whether you want to be a syndicator, whether you want to be a deal finder or a capital raiser, it doesn't matter. You need the foundation, but then find out within that world, what do you love to do? And she gravitate toward the content creation, the blogging and the video. And that's great. And then she came across Julie and partnered with her. And she's the one who loves talking with investors. And they're going to go after their first deals together as well. So it's really, really powerful to educate yourself, number one, and then figure out within that, what is your strength and play in that strength. And now she's full-time. She can work on her own terms. And she just told me after the show that she's spending the month of July in Barcelona. Good for you, Annie. And this is great. It wouldn't have been possible without the real estate. And what I love about this business, you can achieve the same goal, which is passive income, long-term wealth in a variety of different ways. I mean, here are the ways, right? You can be the syndicator, which means you're doing everything. That's great if you're that kind of person. You can be the, the capital raiser like Annie. You could be a uh, an underwriter. And we have a lot of people in our environment who, who really love the analysis and the due diligence and the deal finding stuff. So be a deal finder. And that's awesome. Then there's other people. Like, they will have a high net worth individuals. They co-guarantee loans and they get a GP partnership in return for simply just flicking out their bank statement. They don't have to do anything. They're guaranteeing a non-recourse loan. And those are different ways that people can do the same thing. And then there's a the passive investing as well. So if you're a passive investor, high net worth investor, you don't have a lot of time, but you really want to build up passive income so you can quit your demanding, you know, if you're uh, if you're a dentist or a doctor or an attorney, you quit your practice. It's a great way to, to do the same thing. This is why I love this thing. There's so many different ways to achieve the same thing. And that's very, very, very exciting. And this is also exciting to me because Annie was one of our mentoring students. Uh, she, was, uh, she was one who joined us a little while ago and has become super, super successful. And I just track these things. Anytime someone does a first deal or, or even more importantly, when someone quits their job, I ring the bell. And so our goal here at the Michael Blanc Brands is to help 1,000 people quit their job. And right now, the way I'm tracking, I have about seven or so people that have done that. And we have dozens of people who have done their first deals. So they're in the pipeline right now. So I'm really, really excited about our mentoring program specifically. If you have uh, an interest in finding out what we can do for you as well, go to the michaelblank.com forward slash mentor and just uh, schedule a strategy session with us and see if that's right for you. It really, it's not for everybody, but uh, if it is for you, it can really, really accelerate your timeline and your goals like it did with Annie. So check it out 
michaelblank.com forward slash mentor. And also make sure you sign up for DealMaker Live. That's July 25 to 27 in Dallas. That URL is the michaelblank.com forward slash event. All right, guys, enjoyed it. Hope you did as well. Catch you next episode. Thanks for listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Blanc. For more free podcasts, articles, and videos, go to themichaelblanc.com. There, you can also download the free ebook, The Secret to Raising Money to Buy Your First Apartment Building. Till next time.